and welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of the Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas. You can also check out our website, hitthatline.com, for all great types of interviews, podcasts, articles, videos, whatever it is dealing with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Be sure to check it out at hitthatline.com. Com. We're going to talk about a great accomplishment for a former Razorback great. Actually, it's more than a great. It's the GOAT. We're going to get into that as well as talk a little bit about Arkansas Razorback basketball and their victory against Texas A&M heading into SEC play and the rest of it and also get into a little bit of the national championship game, which tonight is actually the national championship game, but the time the time you probably listen to this podcast the championship game will be over so anyways we'll talk about that in a lot more but first we got to start with the great accomplishment by former Razorback great Darren McFadden you know D-Mac run DMC number five whatever whatever it is you want to look at and however it is you want to chalk him up to being he has been inducted into the college football hall of fame now this is not a surprise especially to any of you who have become die, have been diehard Razorback fans and have known Arkansas to really have some great players come through, but none greater than Darren McFadden. And here's the thing, too. Not only was he a great football player where he was back-to-back Heisman runner-ups, he won the uh, he won all the awards you could possibly win. I, I mean, it was something that if during that time I was a senior in high school and also a junior or freshman in college kind of in that. So I remember it very vividly and uh, as the Doak Walker award is what he won back to back times. And, and, you know, it's, it's just one of those things that you never really realize what you had until he's gone. You never really understood how good he was and how awesome it was to have him until he's gone. And since that time, Arkansas has had some really good players, but you know, you went through a span there, if you're Arkansas, where you had Matt Jones and Darren McFadden for about seven years. And to have players of that caliber that went through the university and really had some great games and some great moments, it, it's amazing how it's been so long since you've had that type of player because it seemed like it was so natural. It was such an easy thing that it was always going to happen. But Darren McFadden is more than just a great player who played football for the University of Arkansas. He was also a true Arkansan and who loved the Razorbacks. And for those of you who may not know his story, when he was coming out of high school, obviously uh, he had a lot of brothers and sisters. I think 12 brothers and sisters is what he had. I mean, just a ton of them. And growing up in the central Arkansas area, you know, football was a, was a very important thing to him where he was really good at pretty much every position. He could play running back. He could play safety. He could play linebacker. In fact, coming out of high school, he was recruited as a five-star athlete because a lot of people felt like he could play safety just as good as he could play running back. But he was just that caliber of athlete you don't see very often, especially in Arkansas. But that's a pretty cool story. But the coolest story about it all was the fact that he was being recruited nationally. I mean, a five-star player of that caliber, everybody wanted him. But he didn't want to go anywhere else. He wanted to go to Arkansas. He wanted to be a Razorback. He wanted to represent his state. He did not take a single visit anywhere else. He All he wanted to do was play for Arkansas. He didn't even really take calls from anyone else. In fact, the story that I heard and talked to about with Dudley Dawson, who writes for wholehogsports.com, is I remember him telling me 
that Philip Fulmer, who was the Tennessee coach at the time, and we all know exactly how good of a recruiter and how good of a coach Philip Fulmer was, well, recruiter, now, and it wasn't always in, within the boundaries of the right way of doing things, but that's neither here nor there. He was still an accomplished coach that was able to get great players, obviously, to, the, to Tennessee, and he really wanted Darren McFadden, really wanted him. And Philip Fulmer personally would call Darren McFadden and say, hey, can I just get you on campus? Can I just get you on an official visit? Can, can we just meet? Can we just talk a little bit? And he would always say, nope, I'm going to Arkansas. Nope, I'm going to Arkansas. And he said that to everybody. And that's just something you don't see very often at Arkansas. But when you do see things like that in players like that, no matter the sport, it's something that you always appreciate a lot more. If you think of guys like Corliss Williamson or Bobby Portis, guys that really didn't going to go anywhere else. They wanted to play for Arkansas. They wanted to represent Arkansas because that was their home state. And they wanted it to be as magical of a season that they could possibly make it in a magical of a career that they could and help out. And they didn't care about coaches. They didn't care about politics. They didn't care about systems. They didn't care about any of that stuff. They just wanted to be Razorbacks. And a lot of people from the outside laugh at those things and laugh at it when Razorback fans think that's awesome. And also laugh at Razorback fans when you feel like certain kids who don't stay in the state of Arkansas, who go elsewhere, you have a little chip on your shoulder about them and saying, all right, good luck, but we ain't got nothing for you anymore. You left us behind. People think that's ridiculous, but I don't. I'm not one of those people. I think it's something that would make this special place of Arkansas so unique is that they're able to have players not only who do those things, but are also able to go out and accomplish great things while representing Arkansas and how they'll never be forgotten and they'll always have a place here in the state. McFadden had a pretty solid NFL career. It wasn't, wasn't great by any stretch, but I think that's what happens when you go to Oakland. Uh, you know, <laughs> there's not many great players that came out of college, was drafted by Oakland, and ended up doing all right. But the thing is, is it comes by tenure. And Darren McFadden had a good, solid tenure in the NFL, more so than a lot of people can say, especially at the running back position. But the one thing that he always represented well was Arkansas. If you saw him in the locker room on occasion, he would have Razorback hoodies, you know, it, it just wearing them. He wouldn't be wearing a Dallas Cowboys or an Oakland Raiders. He'd be wearing a Razorback hoodie. If you saw him maybe out on the street or anywhere, you'd see him with Razorback apparel on. If you saw him tweet anything, which he wasn't a big Twitter guy, but if he did, it normally had to do with something about Arkansas, whether it was a team being in the College World Series in baseball or going to the NCAA tournament or, of course, the Razorback football team doing well. It didn't matter if it was the Razorbacks. Darren McFadden was all about it and wanted to cheer him on and wanted to make sure that they had his support. Those are the types of things that really stand out about Darren McFadden. He's an Arkansas guy. And it seems like it's few and far between where you actually get those types of players and how meaningful they are. And so there's not a more deserving person and not a more deserving player or individual in Arkansas sports history, especially in college football, to deserve to be in and deserve to get such an honor by getting inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. The player that he was with, I mean, crying out loud, he had no passing game to help him out. It, it was all him. Now, he had some other great running backs around him, like Peyton Hillis and Felix Jones, to help uh, carry the load, if you will, of some games and in some seasons. 
which was, of course, helpful, and they could key off on him when they ran the wild hog or the wildcat offense, whatever you want to call it. But they had a lot of success in him. But I just looking back on some of the moments that I remember about Darren McFadden personally, and I'm sure we all have stories and we all have moments that we remember by him. But a few of them that really stand out to me, of course, is the game against South Carolina in 2007 where he rushed for 321 yards. 321 yards on the ground in a regulation game against an SEC opponent. That tied an SEC record. Originally, he had 324 and had broken the record, but then they guess gave three yards to McFadden that they should have gave to Jones. But either way, that type of performance is unheard of in today's day and age. It's unprecedented. And not only did Darren McFadden do that, but he was still breaking off big plays late in the game when you feel like a guy who had 30 carries or however many he was getting to would be tired. No. His stamina was unbelievable. He never seemed like he was tired. He had such strength and such, and he ran with such a force, but yet he never seemed to get tired. And I think that that's what really stood out in that game is the guy was a workhorse. He, he couldn't be stopped, but yet he wasn't able to even stop himself because he was still going. I mean, it was just un- unbelievable how amazing he was at doing that. But that was the game that really stood out to me. A moment that stood out to me will be in 2006. Now, I know Arkansas lost the game in against LSU in War Memorial Stadium at the end of the season in a game that they probably should have performed better. Uh, 24-19 was the final. Ugly, weird game where he had missed extra points and Trendon Holiday took it to the house and all that stuff. But that's neither here nor there. I don't want to bring up the bad memories. I want to bring up the great memory of that when the play that is my favorite one by Darren McFadden. And I wish I could even show you guys, which I'm sure if you went on YouTube or Machine's YouTube channel, he has a, a bunch of these highlights. So just look up the 2006 LSU Arkansas game and you know exactly what I'm talking about. But it was in the second half. And Arkansas needed to score quickly. They they hadn't been able to really get anything going offensively, and they needed to start getting something going, something explosive, and just have a good methodical drive. Well, they had just received the kickoff, and it was a touchback, and it was at the 20-yard line. And LSU had one of the top defenses in the country. I believe statistically it was a top-five defense when you look across the board. And Arkansas lines up in a very simple I formation. Nothing, nothing too crazy, nothing too unique. And Casey Dick hands it off to Darren McFadden up the middle. Nothing too crazy about that either. But it's what McFadden does once he gets the ball that I think is just so incredible. Not only is he able to bust through that hole and to be able to make a couple of quick moves to get out of people's way and for make people get out of his way, but it's once he gets to that next level, it's once he gets to where the safeties are at, that he hits that fifth gear and explodes like a rocket down the field. And we're talking about LSU defensive backs, secondary guys, NFL caliber players, that once he hits that hole, they don't even realize how fast he's going. And my favorite play is, I can't remember the safety's name, but the safety for LSU that when he realizes he took a bad angle, he stretches out and lays out trying to get a hand on McFadden, and he can't because McFadden hit a gear that they couldn't even fathom. And I mean, he's gone in an instant. And that right there is when I I knew Darren McFadden was a great player. But that moment right there is when I realized he was next level, level caliber talent that Arkansas had not seen in a very long time. When you're able to do that, 
late in the game and leave everybody in a cloud of dust behind you because you are a running back in I formation with no passing threat where you stack eight men in the box like LSU did and he still pulled that off. That's a great player. That's an iconic player. That's a legendary player. That right there is the GOAT, the greatest of all time in Arkansas Razorback football history. Congratulations to you, Darren McFadden, for getting inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. You absolutely deserve it. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, moving on into the next segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You know, the Razorback basketball team did what I was asking them to do last week on the podcast. They got the victory against Texas A&M in College Station on Saturday by a final score of 73-71. to They start off conference play 1-0. They're 10-3 and overall. And Kentucky basketball is 0-1 in conference. So I'm just taking that for what it is right now. I'm all excited about that and that alone. But either way, it was a great game. Uh, for a lot of different reasons. Obviously not the style of it per, per se, but it was a great ending, I should say, between these two teams. And it got kind of worrisome there for a little bit because Arkansas couldn't hit the broadside of a boat from three-point land. They couldn't hit any free throws. They couldn't hit any shots in general. Just look at these statistics if you want to go off percentages. Arkansas shot 37% from the field, 30% from three-point land, and 50% from the free throw line. Now, almost every single time that you go on the road and have that type of performance, you're not going to do very well. In fact, you'll probably lose nine times out of ten. But luckily for Arkansas, this was that one time where they were able to take advantage of it and make enough plays down the stretch to get the victory. Texas A&M, they didn't shoot very well from three-point land, but they did shoot 41% from the field, 64% from the free throw line, still not a lot of better. But the stat of the game was Arkansas and how they out-rebounded Texas A&M, something Arkansas does not do very well against a lot of different teams. 47 rebounds to 42 rebounds, Arkansas had the advantage. And only one player that had double-digit rebounds, and that was Daniel Gafford, of course. But just going through some other stats when it comes to rebounds, you had five rebounds from Adriel Bailey, five rebounds from Mason Jones, seven rebounds from Gabe Osaboyan, and then a couple other guys chipped in as well. That's what you need. You need a team effort there on the boards defensively and effort plays, the ones that mean the most going down the stretch. And that's what happened. Mason Jones got hot late. In fact, he started off the game absolutely terrible. He went 3 of 11 from three-point land. 3 of 11. Those were, He only shot 11 times, and all 11 shots were three points. And he didn't make any of them until the final three shots. <laughs> that's what was crazy. He was 0 of 8. And then he hits the final three, the biggest three, where he gets nine straight points. Of course, Isaiah Joe added in another three-pointer late as well. So Arkansas gets that victory, and that's really all that matters is you get a victory. It is concerning about the free-throw shooting. Once again, this team shoots 50% from the free-throw line. It They went one of six down the stretch, I believe. You can't have that, folks. You can't have it. And I'm not telling you anything that you don't already know. I'm not saying anything that this Arkansas team doesn't already know and Mac Anderson doesn't already know. But there's got to be some type of way where this team can get over this mental thing that's in their way where they're unable to just get it done, especially down the stretch at the free throw line, the charity stripe. you got to be able to make the freebies because it's cost Arkansas for sure two games already this season. Almost cost them another one. And I have this really bad feeling that 
in SEC play where there's going to be other games that are going to be really close. It's going to come down to who can make the final plays and who can make free throws down the stretch. Arkansas is going to be left with their cheese out in the wind where they can't do anything about it. They can't make enough plays because they miss too many free throws. And you don't think teams know that? You don't think teams understand that, hey, this team can't make free throws down the stretch, so they're going to foul the crap out of you. It's not like they're going to say, eh, we shouldn't foul because they're going to make them anyways. No, they're going to foul you because they know you can't make them. And I don't know really what the issue is here as far as how to fix it. I do know that there are some people out there that have been tweeting at me that say, oh, this is Mike Anderson's fault. Mike Anderson needs to start coaching them to take take free throws. Man, you don't think that Mike Anderson and his coaching staff has been working on free throws? You, You don't think that these players have been working on free throws? Give me a break. That's one thing that Mike Anderson, you know, he's had a lot of problems since he's been at Arkansas, things that he hasn't been able to overcome. But there's no question about it, folks. His free, the free throw shooting from the team perspective has been really good under Mike Anderson. The past two seasons especially. Now, it helps when you have players like uh, Dusty Hannes and Daryl Macon to be able to make those big free throws, especially down the stretch. But either way, overall as a team, it's been pretty solid. So I don't think that this year, the fact that the team's not doing very well from the free throw line is all of a sudden because Mike Anderson forgot to coach him up on free throws, forgot how to coach free throws. It's not it. I think that there can be a lot of factors dealing with free throw shooting. It can be in the fact that maybe this team mentally or physically gets fatigued late in games and they don't do a good job of focusing. Maybe they don't they get a mental block when it's clutch moments. Maybe something like that goes on. Maybe, just maybe, they're not a very good free throw shooting team. Maybe. I mean, these are all just factors that can go into it. It's got to improve, though. And I don't know how you can fix it. I don't know how Mike Anderson can only can just wave a magic wand and then poof, all of a sudden, he has a great free throw shooting team. So they're just going to have to work on it. They're going to have to make plays. And you're going to have to rely on these guys to be able to, in clutch situations, step up and make some free throws. Jalen Harris might be the best free throw shooter. Him or Isaiah Joe. Mason Jones is it bad. But the rest of them are pretty terrible. And Daniel Gafford especially, he only shot two free throws, made one of them in this game. Didn't get a lot of opportunities. But you know that they're going to be going after him and fouling him, which can also make them be a lot more aggressive with him too. If they know that he's not going to be able to make the free throws when they count, they can afford to be a little more aggressive. So I'm just hoping that Arkansas, whatever their problem is with free throws, can get over it quick, fast, and in a hurry. Surely this can be something that can be fixed. Surely this is going to be something that can help out and that they can get it done at a high level. I, I don't know. But I do think that that alone it might keep them from making the NCAA tournament if they don't give it turned around in fast. I, it's They got a good game coming up this week against Florida Wednesday night in Bud Walton Arena. It's amazing that Kayvon Allen is still there. I, I, you know, I thought he was supposed to be like a two-and-done player, but no, he's, he's, he's still there. He's been there for a long time, but he's still there. Florida's not that great of a team. They're 8-5. Uh, they lost to over the weekend to South Carolina at home, who was the worst team in the SEC. So definitely problematic there. So Arkansas can get another victory there. If they can start off 3-0 and by getting another victory against LSU on Saturday in Bud Walton Arena, if they can start off on that level, shoot. They're all in good shape. And going into Doxville, 3-0 and in conference play, certainly helps some things. But you know what? None of it's going to matter if this team doesn't learn how to start making their free throws. <laughs> Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 
Our final segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I know uh, that the championship game is going on tonight. Uh, should be a great matchup. And if you're listening to this before the championship game, kudos to you. But if not, that's okay. Um, you know, it's it's just about the timing of the podcast. And I apologize about that. But anyways, just to give you my prediction, because who knows, maybe it'll hold true or maybe I'll look like a complete idiot. But there's just something about a feeling I have that I feel like Clemson's going to win tonight. I can't explain it. I have no reasons behind it other than the fact that it seems like the most dominant teams in all of sports, the 2007 Patriots, the Kentucky Wildcat team that went 39-0 and to start the season or 38-0 or whatever it was to start the season and lost in the Final Four. Uh, you know, the USC Trojans back in 2005 when, before they beat, got beat the, to, against Texas. It seems like the most dominant teams in all of sports when it gets to that biggest game, they falter. And I know it's different because it's Nick Saban and it's Alabama and it's all of that. But I just have this eerie feeling that it's going to be a close, great game, but Clemson's going to end up getting the victory. Uh, if I'm right, I'm going to pat myself on the back tomorrow. But if I'm wrong, I'm not even going to bring it up. How about that? But I got a score. 34-31. to 31, Clemson gets the victory. Alabama has a chance to tie it to send it to overtime. But they miss the field goal because Alabama's kicking is atrocious to tie it. That's my prediction for you folks. Take it for whatever you want to take it for. I, I don't know. Maybe if I'm right, maybe if I'm wrong. But either way, it should be a great game, great matchup. Can't wait to react to it all on tomorrow's podcast. Well, appreciate everybody listening in. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. We're also on Spotify. You can also get after me on Twitter at RushJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. And we will keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel. Tomorrow afternoon, have a great day, everybody. We will see you then. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.